Hey, it's Scott, and guess what? You're about to hear an ad, and that's both good and bad. It's good because ads are what make it possible for me to keep bringing you these episodes, and it's bad because, well, maybe you don't like listening to ads, and I get that. And the good news is, you don't have to. When you sign up to support the show, you get every single episode without any ads. Plus, you get all the bonus episodes. Yeah, did you know there are actually bonus episodes? And you can try it all for free just to see what it's like. If you're on an iPhone, just go to the What Was That Like podcast and at the top, click on Try Free and you're in. On Android, just go to whatwasthatlike.com slash plus and try it out completely free. Once you've had the ad-free experience, you'll see why hundreds of other listeners are already doing it. But for now, here's another ad and then on with today's episode. I'll confess, sometimes I let my podcast playlist get out of hand and I get way behind. But there's one show that I subscribe to and any new episode goes right to the top of the queue. That's the Jordan Harbinger Show. That's because I never have to figure out, okay, is this one going to be interesting or do I wait for the next one like I do for some shows? Because Jordan's conversations are always a must-listen for me. He talks to fascinating people from any category you can think of. Authors, scientists, athletes, you name it. He's talked to undercover cops who posed as mafia and the actual career mafia hitmen. And the stories he gets out of these people, just incredible. In one episode, he talked to Paul Holes. You might know that name if you're into true crime. He's the former investigator who uses really advanced methods to solve cold cases, including the Golden State Killer. And another one I really enjoyed was with Sam Harris, an author and neuroscientist who promotes skepticism, and he doesn't mind taking on some seriously controversial topics like politics or religion. That one's going to make you think. Whenever a new episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show pops up, I already know it's going to be an episode that I'll enjoy listening to, and I'll bet you will too. For some episode recommendations, check out jordanharbinger.com start or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential, Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds. Experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. What Was That Like? contains adult language and content and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
Welcome to What Was That Like? I'm your host, Scott Johnson. This is a show where we talk to regular people, people just like you or just like me, who have found themselves in an extremely unusual situation. We'll hear their stories and get inside their head because we all want to know, what was that like? More information about each episode at whatwasthatlike.com. Here we go. The story you're about to hear, I love it, and I think you will too. It's about two people. One of them is Tiffany, who is a probation officer. That means she sometimes works in a courtroom. And the other person is Brett. Brett and Tiffany started dating a couple of years ago, and they ended up falling in love with each other. So recently, it came time for Brett to pop that all-important question. And even though they had talked about marriage, so it was already on both their minds, Brett wanted to propose in such a way that it would take Tiffany completely by surprise. And I think it's safe to say he succeeded. Brett conspired with some of Tiffany's co-workers, including the judge, and came up with a plan. He would be dressed in a prisoner jumpsuit, handcuffed, and brought into the courtroom to appear before the judge. And Tiffany would be sitting there to see it all happen. And the nice thing is, the whole thing was recorded so you can see how it happened too. I'll have the video on my website at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash zero nine. I love a great prank. And to me, a great prank has to have a couple of elements. First, it has to be something that's completely planned out in detail. And second, it has to be one that has everyone feeling good about it afterward. And this one is definitely both. I talked with Brett about how he planned this, how he worked with the people at the courthouse, and how he felt when it was actually happening, and the publicity it's received also. People really love this story. And I also got some insight from Tiffany about what was going through her mind as the whole thing played out right in front of her. I'll have Brett's contact information in the show notes for this episode, along with the video, as I mentioned. And of course, you can always see more pictures and other great content when you follow me on Instagram at what was that like. And now here's Brett. How long in advance did you plan this little event? It's been about two years. I started a lot long after I found out where she worked. So yeah, I got my gears rolling. (laughs) So she made the mistake of revealing her employment to you. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get a little bit of background on this. How, so you guys have been dating for about two years. Is that right? That's right. How did you meet? We actually met on plenty of fish online. Oh, we had, we had some good conversations before we actually met face to face. And I think that's what kind of helped us connect on the level that we did and made it where I, I knew that that she's the one that I wanted to to finally pull the trigger on, so to speak. I've, I've never been married. This will be her third. So it's kind of uh, making mine and hers because the first two for her were bad. So I guess it's really uh, both of our first official love of a lifetime love story. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, this the the thing that you the, the the thing that you planned, the thing that you came up with. I mean, it's the it can only be described as epic. How did you come up with this idea? Well, I was thinking of ways to really surprise her. I wanted it to be epic because, of course, that's what our love story is. 
And I, you know, I, I, she's a probation officer. So I was like, well, do I get arrested? And then when she comes down to bail me out, do it then. And, and I was like, no, no, um, I'm going to, I'm going to have them bring me in court right in front of her where she really can't react. Just, um, and believe it or not, I wrote the, the dialogue that I, that I did. I, that was the night before I stayed up all night pacing. I'm sure she was wondering what I was doing, but that was all the night before, but I knew what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be. I wanted to be standing in front of the judge in the jumpsuit with the shackles and just let it all go. That is, you know, I watched the video that you told me about that you, that you uh, gave me the link to, which by the way, will be on the website up for anybody that wants to watch it. And man, you are a performer. Have you done any acting, any kind of drama, anything like that in the past? No, sir. I, um, I did show choir in high school. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, this, this, you were in control of the situation. I mean, it, and it was clear that you had kind of scripted it out. So you knew exactly how you wanted it to play out, but it was such a contrast seeing you knowing exactly what was going on and exactly the way you wanted it, the way you planned it. And Tiffany right. being completely, I mean, shocked isn't even enough of a word. She was, you could hear her try to breathe several times. I mean, you literally took her breath away when you did this. Yeah. She wasn't expecting it at all. And I, she has said several times, well, if I ever get a ring, you know, she had been wanting me to propose and I kept, I kept playing it, playing it off. You know, we had done numerous things like earlier in the summer, we went on a cruise and all of her friends were like, oh, he's going to propose to you. He's going to propose to you. And she slipped up and said that that's what they were telling her. I was like, you know, that's not my style, right? (laughs) I'm not going to propose on a cruise ship. It's just. That's a, that would be a little cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, like, yeah, mine wasn't cheesy enough. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I haven't done any acting. That was the question. Um, but I'm good at, I'm good at posturing, I guess. So mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. Well, was, was part of the shock because it is kind of out of your character. That is correct. Uh, she never would have seen a prank coming from me cause I'm, I'm pretty straightforward with her. I think that's, so that's, that is out of character for me. And two, she never would have expected to see me in court for any legal mishap or anything, you know? So, so, cause I'm, I don't get in trouble. So yeah, it was definitely, definitely a shock to see me brought in in shackles. Yeah. That I, well, yeah, you can see on her face that it was a shock when you see the the pictures. What was your strategy when you first decided, okay, I want to do this. How did you start planning this? I mean, what was your first step and how did you map it all out? For the first, all right, I'll, I'll give you an idea. In July of this year, which gave me, no, it was actually end of June. I finally told a couple of people, I told my mom, her mom, and Uh, Dana, who is her supervisor, the girl that actually got the ball rolling on this. Now, 
Tiffany is really good friends with all of her coworkers. She's good friends with Dana. You know, they're really good friends. And Dana has been, been every time I'd see Dana, she'd be like, why haven't you proposed yet? And I'm like, oh, come on, you know, quit, quit giving me the bag on this. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we would, we would talk, we would talk about, uh, you know, how, how great she thinks our relationship is. And believe it or not, when Tiffany and I first met and, and, uh, I went and, and met Dana after, after meeting me and talking to me, she went to Tiffany and she goes, y'all are going to, he's going to be your husband one day. So she'd been, she'd been our biggest cheerleader. And, uh, you know, she's like, when you're ready to go pick out a ring, take me with you. And so I, I knew I wanted to do this on our, our, our two year kind of meeting anniversary of dating. And so in the end of around the end of June, I, I spoke to Dana. I was like, okay, look, I'm ready to do it. This is what I want to do. You know, we're going to go pick out the ring. And so basically it was just that the, you know, a couple months before I had to kind of get that, get that ball rolling and make sure. So uh, there wasn't much planning as far as the logistics of the, the courtroom, but it seems like there would have been a lot right, of planning, right? Well, you know? but Dana was your inside person then. Correct. Um, okay. Dana got with the lead prosecutor in that court. Who's in, in the municipal court. And, uh, she, she squared it away with the judge. She squared it away with the, um, the court clerk. And, you know, after Dana going to, to the prosecutor, it all kind of, it, I mean, everybody was like, oh my goodness, he's really fixing to do this. Let's all make it happen. You know, it went, it wasn't like we had, because they were all going to be in on it. And it's such a, a close little circle there, you know, cause they only, they're only, they only meet this group or only in there on Wednesdays. So yeah, municipal court is held on Wednesdays. So once everybody knew what to do, they all kind of, it became a group project. Huh? Right. And they all picked out what role they wanted to play, but it was all down to me. You know, it was, it was crazy. Cause when I got there that morning, they were all like, okay, so what do you, how are you going to do this? So I had to, I had to like, man, this was all like with maybe 20 minutes planning of how I was going to have them bring me in, how I, how I wanted the judge to, to react to me, how I wanted to do it. I mean, there was little early. Well, I thought that was all way ahead of time. How did you get, how did you get the, the jumpsuit and shackles and everything? Where did well, that all come from? That was all part of my ideas, how I wanted to be. So I came, I came in Tuesday morning that the, the, the deal was on Wednesday. So I came in Tuesday, the 14th to meet with the court clerk. Cause I had met her before, but we, you know, I really didn't, didn't know her that well. So, and she was the one kind of coordinating at the scene. And, uh, you know, I asked her, all right, so you do have the, the jumpsuit, right? And she's like, well, we don't have it yet, but we're working on getting that. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. So, you know, that's the shackles in the jumpsuit are, you know, those are critical elements. Those are yeah. Key to this, this you know, working, <laughs> 
they're like, don't worry about it. We'll make sure we get it. Um, and then, you know, they informed me that they were going to have hidden cameras everywhere, which initially I hadn't even thought about recording it, but they were like, you know, you're going to need to have it recorded. People are going to want to see this, you know, family members. So, so that was all being handled. And I get there that morning and they had two jumpsuits. They had a, I, I told them probably a three or four X would be fine. They had a two X and a six X. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they got that six X. Uh, I don't know how many other people do this, but I like to plan my weekly meals. Maybe I'm just weird, but I like quick and easy. That's just one of the benefits you can get with cook unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout to get 50% off your first week. One of the dishes I recently had was the Green Goddess Falafel Bowl. Oh, I loved it. The falafel was seasoned perfectly, and I love how crispy it is on the outside, but really moist on the inside. It's a signature dish of Enat Admoni. She's known around the world as a chef. You've probably seen her on TV, and her dishes are made right here in Florida, so I'm supporting local business, and I love that. And the convenience of Cook Unity is crazy. I mean, I've got podcast episodes to produce. I don't have time for cooking. These meals are delivered fully cooked. So when it's time to eat, I pick a meal based on my mood for that day. I heat it for a few minutes and enjoy. The menus are updated every week, so there's always something new to try. You can choose from over 350 meals based on your dietary needs or taste preferences, or go wild and have Cook Unity pick for you, because every meal is just amazing. Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef-level quality, and endless variety of Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code what or going to cookunity.com slash what. Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read and I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages. That little bit each day adds up and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing. Two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully that's all backed up by science. And all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature and I thought, you had me at vegan, because it's that too. And if you have kids, DSO-1 is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try. Trust your gut. With Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic, go to seed.com slash what and use code 25what to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash what, code 25what. Hey, this is Scott. Did you know we offer a premium feed of this show that is completely ad-free and there are bonus episodes? Go to whatwasthatlike.com slash plus, or just click the link in the show notes of any episode to learn more and to sign up. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can sign up right there in the app. 
by clicking Try Free at the top of the episode list. And I hope to see you in the premium feed soon. Of course, the shackles, they were they were hard for me to fit into. I'm a big guy, so. But, yeah, um, that to be perfectly honest with you, Scott, it was the, the, the planning in my head of what I wanted to do had taken some time, but actually getting it, carrying it out was maybe 30 minutes of me on Tuesday talking to him and then coming in at like court was at 10. I came in at nine and judge probably rolled in about nine 30. I went to his chambers. He's like, okay, so how are we going to do this? I'm like, Oh, let me catch my breath. Okay. This is what we're going to do. And I just laid it out there. They had, they had two of the, the police officers in there with me while, and I was like, okay, I want you guys to kind of bring me in. Yeah. They wouldn't, they were escorting you in like you were a dangerous criminal. Correct. Okay. Well, this is, it's hard to kind of jump around, but let me tell you how it was going. So to get Tiffany there without her knowing, they told her that they were going to, they were going to be doing an interrogation in the back room, which they have an interrogation room, uh, you know, outside the door that they brought me in and, and they do that from time to time. So she wouldn't have any, you know, she wouldn't think anything was off hearing commotion or whatnot going on back there. They brought her in kind of early telling her there was going to be a meeting to get her in and where they wanted her. So she wouldn't run into me, you know, once again, she had no clue. And, and, and she always sits in the same place. Right. She's in the courtroom? Right. Okay. And so she sits, she sits to the left of the, of the judge. And then the door that I came in from was in the right at the right behind the judge. So it was, you know, we were kind of away from her. So I'm in the judge's chamber and I say, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be back here and I kind of want to cause a commotion in back that way. You know, I want to cause a commotion and then I want one of the officers to come out there and stop the judge because he's, he's going to go in and start reading off the docket. You know, he's fixing the call court in session. And so I want to start like like any other day. Yeah. It it was, it was court day. Every, everything was where she would not suspect a thing. Right. And then I start making a commotion and then one of the bailiffs comes in and says, uh, excuse me, your honor, but we have an unruly guy back here. We need to go ahead and get him, get him, get everything done with him, get him out of here. He's, he's causing too much of a commotion. So and I said, after that, I'm, they're going to, they're, they're going to bring me in and I'm just going to take over. That's all I told him. All that he had to do was start reading out the docket and then they come in and say, Hey, this is what's, you know, we got an unruly guy back here, bring me in. And literally that's what happened. You know, well, that's good for him. He just had to follow your lead, right? The judge, that's all he had to do. You know, when I was being brought in, he's like, okay, sir, we're not going to have any of this, this commotion in my courtroom. You know, that was his ad lib. And then, um, they brought me in. I kind of kept my head down kind of like I was ashamed, but I did make eye contact with her for like a split second. And I saw, I saw this, just the look of utter confusion. And I mean, and, and 
you know, and she said when she saw me look at her, she was like, you looked like you were so ashamed and, and, you know, had so much regret in your eyes. And, like a dog that had just gotten into the trash can and, in the kitchen or something, right? Right. You want to know really what what was going through my mind at that time was, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And not because I'm fixing to get engaged, but I'm 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 fixing to you know take this floor and everybody's going to be watching me. I have to, you know, it's kind of a stage fright moment, but also, uh, you know, hey, I'm fixing to be an you know engaged man. You know, that's that's kind of. Uh, this kind of could make you feel a little nervous. Yeah. So, a lot of overwhelming emotions yeah. coming at the same time. Totally. Yeah. And that's something that I had not, you know, thought about how I was going to, how I was going to react. It was more about how she was. But when I came, when I came through the door, I was like game on. And like I said, I had kind of gone over how I wanted to say what I wanted to say, which it was great because he did follow the, the judge did follow my lead. So it made it easy for me to go through what I wanted to say. And I kind of stumbled, not really stumbled, but I sat there and was trying to think what, what was I wanting to say? But it, it worked. The effect worked. You know, I wasn't, wasn't what I was going for, but it actually worked better. Like the pauses between stuff, because I was trying to remember my lines, uh, lines that I wrote. Of course, right. But if it was real life, you would have been stumbling and correct pausing so anyway, right? It, it, it worked out. Yeah, yeah. So a l- whole lot of pieces had to fall in place yeah. for this to really happen successfully. Were you worried? With so many people working together behind the scenes, were you worried that any of them might slip up and she'd find out ahead of time? I was. I was kind of concerned because the office that she works works in. Things get around there like wildfire, wildfire, ah, wildfire. Dana really kept it under wraps there. You know, not too many people were even knew what was going on. I told absolutely nobody besides our parents and Dana. So I knew on my end it was it was going to be it was going to be pretty hush hush. Now after the fact, our kids. She has, she has two kids from previous and I have one and they were kind of, they're like, how come you didn't tell us? I'm like, it would have never, I would have never been able to pull it off. I told as, as few people as I possibly could for that simple reason, because she couldn't have a, a inkling of what was fixing to go on or it wouldn't work. And you also part, part of the thing, um, you had hidden cameras, all around, or somebody put hidden cameras yes. around the courtroom for various video and picture angles. Did she? Did were they? Were you worried that she would notice those? What I was told was they were going to have hidden cameras, so I didn't worry about the hidden cameras. But there was also one of the officers had a a camera, but he didn't come into the courtroom and start recording until they brought me in. Same for my mom and her mom also had their phones. They allowed them to bring their phones because of, you know, of course we wanted to get every angle of it that we could. Right. And, uh, they but were, they, they w- were they there though? They were there, but they were outside the courtroom. And, okay. and like us, they had her kind of sequestered at like nine o'clock so that we could get everybody there without her seeing them or knowing 
that anything was different. Dana, who isn't normally at that court on that day, actually came in to kind of distract her a little bit too before it went on. And, and, you know, and at first they thought that might be kind of, you know, make her think something was up because like I said, she's usually not there at the court, but she told her I had to come by and, and pick up some stuff, yada, yada. So it, it kind of kept her, her occupied over there in her, her area. And normally before court, she's able to work on her paperwork or whatever right there at the desk. So she wasn't paying attention to what was going on in the back of the court or, uh, you know, in the chambers around. Now the, in the video where we see her reaction and for a brief second, she looks over to her left to the lady standing her to her left. Like what's going on? Is that Dana? That is Dana. Okay. All right. So we'll see her then. And it's funny too, because did you see the, you see the guy that walks up to her, um, like right after they bring me in. I didn't, I've only watched the video once so far, so I don't remember that, but I'll look at it again. The video that I, that I, I, the link I sent you, it has some of the hidden camera footage and then it's got another view kind of up in the corner and then it pans to a, uh, another one, the court clerk's shot of it. You may not see him, but he's a, an attorney friend who was told about it because, you know, Dana wanted to have everybody that is kind of in their circle be there to see it. Well, he kind of showed up right when everything was fixing to happen. And he walked over to Tiffany. He's like, is that your boyfriend? Kind of because he thought he was drunk. And Dana, you can see Dana saying, get over here, get over here. And Tiffany kind of like, move, move. <laughs> it was because she was completely shocked. I mean, she didn't even pay any attention to what he was saying to her. It was, that's it was, good. You know, that's yeah. I commanded it. Mm-hmm. I got, I had full <laughs> command of the room, <laughs> man. Were you, did you have a hard time keeping a straight face at all? No. Cause I, like I said, I, I was, I was kind of petrified myself. You know, I'm, I am, I'm a, I have performed, like I, like I told you, I, I sing. So I, I've dealt with stage fright a lot. I mean, I, I do have stage fright. So it's actually, I was able to stay in my head and, and handle it that way. You know, it's a lot different than if you're, trying to remember tunes and, 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 and words, you know, you can slip up, but you know, I was able to come out there and, and have that emotion because I was actually feeling, you know, it, it worked in my favor. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I am ashamed to be up here in, in shackles and, in a jumpsuit, especially because my, my girlfriend's a probation officer. How, you know, I'm bringing a lot of bad, bad publicity on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it wasn't hard to, at the point. Well, now that I look at it, it wasn't hard for me to keep that mad straight face. Yeah. I didn't smile or laugh at all. No. All right. So take us from the point where they're bringing you into the room. What did you say? And just what happened? Well, they bring me in and, um, I come and stand in front of the judge and, uh, you know, he's saying, Hey, we're not going to have this in my courtroom. And, and I say, your honor, with all due respect, 
There's no need for this court to examine me. I'm guilty. Guilty of being madly in love with the girl of my dreams. She's my best friend and I will forever love her. Uh, I guess that's something to that effect. And, uh, you know, I kind of spread that, spread the, spread that out so that it would take a little bit longer. I, I had already asked the judge after I, you know, I'll kind of pause and I nod at you and then you can call her down so that she can be in front of me. Well, after I said, after we get to that point and, and he goes, miss, miss Allison, will you please come down here? I turned to her, you know, you can't see it on the, on the, on the video you may you actually will be able to see it in other videos but she comes down well actually i turned to her and that's when she says i'm shaking so bad he's in handcuffs this isn't funny and and being there you know that it's kind of it's kind of hilarious when you're watching it on video because you kind of know what's going on, but she had no clue. And, and, and she's saying that, and I'm like, this is the love of my life. And I, she looks like she's fixing to have a heart attack. And, and so I started feeling kind of bad, you know, in that moment. And I'm like, do I need to run over there and be like, no baby, no baby. It's just a prank. Well, not really a prank, but I, you know, I've, you know, I really, I like, what am I doing in that moment? I was like, man, I, you know, Right now, she is really, really having a hard time. So that that was the one moment where I said, okay, you got to follow through with this. And so when she starts to walk down, you can see me. And I'm just like, I'm really matter of fact, and I'm holding out my hand. And I'm like, come on, come on, let's get this over with. Because uh, I knew she was struggling there for a minute. Yes. And she was, she seemed like she was very hesitant to approach you. Yeah. Well, cause she, like she was beside herself. I mean, literally she couldn't, she couldn't fathom that I had done anything to get in trouble. And then here I am professing my guilt. You don't do that in court. Just so her, the, 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 the lawyer, uh, the legal mind of her kind of came out and she's like, she wanted to be, no, no, hold on, hold on. She wanted to kind of interject when I'm saying that I'm guilty and then she realizes that I'm talking about her, you know? So it's a lot of, a lot of emotions running through her mind at once. And then when he calls her down there and she, and she sees me turn to her and I'm reaching into my pocket, I think that in that moment, she kind of says, wait, wait, what's going on? And that's when, when she's kind of hesitating, like what, what really is going on here? But that's when she starts to cry and starts to smile, you know, where she goes, oh, yeah, it was complete confusion up to that. Oh, point. yeah. To that point. Like I said, when she comes down and says, this isn't even funny. Yeah. She, she knew for, she knew something, something was about to change. I, I slipped out of my, cause I didn't have the, the, the shackles completely latched. Okay. So when he called her down there, I slipped out of them and then I'm, I'm reaching out my hand to her and fumbling in my pocket to get the ring. So I think that's when it hit her. So she's kind of coming down from that adrenaline rush. And, mm -hmm. But you can't, it's not something when she's in such complete shock, yeah. you don't just come down from that right away. Either. Correct. Yeah. It, it, I thought she, I thought she was getting close to, to stroking out on me for a minute. <laughs> 
Yeah, that would not have been funny. So then, okay, so she came over to you and then take us from there. She came over to me and um, I proceeded with all of my court puns, my, my love court puns. Uh, uh, I told her she's the one that I want her want to represent me in this trial we call life. And I asked her, I asked her to marry me. You know, I did it. I guess that was the only thing that was, was old fashioned about it. I got down on my knee and, and asked her. And then, uh, I told her I'm ready for my life sentence, baby, which that was, that was the one thing that was the line that I knew from the beginning. I mean, that, that one had had to be in it because, you know, I always joke with her about it. Uh, you know, I never got married because I never wanted to be tied to somebody that I didn't love or, you know, it's like, it's like, you might as well be your funeral. Right. But, uh, I, that was the one thing that from the very first, uh, I very thought about that, that I was going to say that I'm ready for my life sentence, baby. And, uh, that, I guess that was, that was after I asked her to marry me. And she said, of course, you know, cause everybody, everybody was like, well, did she say yes? Did she say yes? People that had seen it because she's really still in shock. And she says, of course, you know, it was, it was definitely, definitely how I wanted it to turn out. It, it, it worked out great. I guess sometimes you're your own worst critic. And I was like, there's things that I could have done differently, but the effect, it was a big surprise. You know, she never saw it coming and she said yes. And so now we're, we're engaged to be married. Yeah. Couldn't have worked out any better. That's right. Okay. This is Scott. I'm jumping in here in the middle of the interview because I want you to hear something at this point in the conversation. If you watch the video, you'll, you'll see Tiffany's reaction and you'll see she literally was speechless, but this show is called, what was that like? And I wanted to actually hear from her to find out what was going through her head at that moment as she was seeing things unfold right there in the courtroom. And she sent me a few of her thoughts. So here's Tiffany, and then we'll get back to Brett and the rest of the conversation. I got called in early for, you know, a, a meeting that we were supposedly having. And I had actually asked the court clerks where everybody was because the judge hadn't shown up and the prosecutors hadn't shown up. And I was just told they were running behind. So I didn't think anything about that because that's pretty normal. I was told not to go in the back of the, you know, the courthouse because there was an interrogation going on. And again, didn't think much about that because that was pretty normal. Sitting there getting ready to to start session and I'm going through paperwork and you know the next thing I I know is I'm hearing a bunch of stuff in the in the back and there's you know people yelling and and I'm thinking oh my gosh these inmates today they're they're getting pretty rowdy back there and then you know I hear one of them say you know my girlfriend works here and she'll get me out of anything and I'm like oh my goodness who is this guy's girlfriend and who could that be you know and then here comes brett and when he walked through the door it, my heart it just sank i i was speechless there's just i had no words for for that moment the handcuffs and the jumpsuit and it was 
oh my god, what could he have possibly have done? Um, yeah, it it just took me by surprise. It was it was something way out of character. So I didn't really know what to think. All I knew was I had to hurry up and figure something out and get him out of whatever mess he was in. I, I think it finally dawned on me when he was in front of the judge and he went to, you know, plead guilty to his love. And um, he started talking about me being his best friend. That's when it kind of hit me like, you know, oh my God, that's me. I'm his best friend, you know. So I think at that point in time is when I realized this is happening. In fact, when it all happened in the courtroom, I was so focused on Brett, the jumpsuit and the handcuffs that I didn't even notice, you know, people filming. Um, I never noticed our our moms out there uh, videoing. I never noticed an attorney walking up to me and talking to me. I, I was strictly focused on Brett. I have never once dreamed that a proposal coming from him would be anything ordinary. I always knew it would be something spectacular, but just the Brett's style is, you know, maybe renting out airspace on TV for a commercial or, you know, having something on a billboard. Never dreamed that he would go to that extreme and uh, put forth so much effort into doing that to truly make, you know, that moment so special. It was an epic day in my life. I wouldn't change anything about it. I love all the effort that was put into it by so many people. And now back to Brett and the rest of our conversation. Did you have any idea that this would be so popular? I mean, that so many people would want to see it. I didn't. I didn't let you know. I, I initially wasn't even, it never crossed my mind to record it with it being in court, you know, and, uh, I thought maybe they would have cameras because some some courts do have closed circuit TV, but there 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 wasn't in this court, and um, I never it never crossed my mind at the beginning, but um, her Tiffany's mother didn't think she would be able to be there, and we were kind of everybody was kind of worried about if people were there, would she think something? Would she think something was up? Of course, because her mom and your mom aren't usually in the courtroom, right? Correct. And I and I'd come up. I'd tried to think of ways for them to be there and and it not be at like when I had to come there for a speeding ticket. But then they would have come to her for the speeding ticket, you know, or said, "Hey, we're going to be in court," you know. So I never thought about it. But then when they were like, "We're not going to be able to be there. You have to. Somebody better be recording it." And I'm thinking, well, you know, you can't bring can't bring your phone or stuff in there, but that's why when I went to Dana, I said, look, you know, my mom, her mom, you know, people that I've spoke to have expressed their, you know, that they wanted to see this. Is there any way that we could record it? So that's where the recording, recording it came into play. And then the Facebook live that her mother posted, you know, got, you know, 10,000 hits and, uh, we were, we were shocked and it was being, it was being shared 
you know, repeatedly. So at that moment, we knew, man, wow, people really like this story. People really love it. And I, and, and now that I think about it, with so much negativity in the world, something like this, I mean, it's, it is good. It's, it's good news. It's not the same old humdrum stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that's great to see. I can, yeah, I can see why people and, and true. I want everybody to see how much I love Tiffany with all of my heart. And, and I, and I wanted her proposal to be huge for her, but man, it's, it's big for a lot of people. We've had a lot of people saying, you know, you're, you're making it hard on other guys. You know, they're going to, they're going to have to come with something, you know, <laughs> you set quite a standard raised, here. Yeah. I raised the bar. Yeah. I, I really yeah. did. So this happened in the morning. Did, did she have to work the rest of the day? Yes, she did. She, she was able to, to, uh, take a break and, uh, you can see in the, in the, uh, in the video where we're all in the back, you know, hugging and, and part of that that was edited in it may have been like 10 minutes because he let her come back there and, and at least hug me and kiss me and, and slap me a couple times. And, <laughs> and then, uh, she went back to work. I went back to work. Matter of fact, I went into work before then, you know, I go into work and open up and I spoke to her that morning on the phone at, we were, <laughs> I was at work, she was at work. And then here I am, <laughs> two, hour, two hours later she's like were you even really at work i was like you darn right i was i wasn't gonna give you no you weren't gonna have any clue what was going on but this must have been this whole thing must have been the talk of the courthouse that day and and that week even oh yeah i know like i said no a lot of her coworkers were wishing that they could have been there but yeah everybody loves it everybody loves us too like like i said they, they knew we were gonna be married so so Dana's now saying, see, I told you, right? Mm-hmm. I predicted it. For sure. Did you set a wedding date yet? Tentatively. I think the reason I kind of, I, I picked our two year was because when we first started talking about marriage early on, I told her, well, if we're together in four years, I'll marry you. And so that was kind of like the halfway point. But um, we had, we had talked about 2020 early on. So, November 2020, maybe we'll announce it for sure. <laughs> I want to ask you one last question. What do you love most about Tiffany? The thing that I love about Tiffany the most is the fact that I've never been able to be myself and show somebody the true me and, and love somebody as much as I want to love them. And she, she allows me to do that because I really, I really do have a big heart. You know, I really do love with all that heart and, and we're able to, we're able to share that love together. And I've never, I've never had anybody that was on that level. So now you do. I, Truly do. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. If anyone wants to contact you, I'm going to have your email address on the website and that's uh, for the, for this episode uh, as well as pictures. And we'll have that video on there for, for people to see, which is a great video. People, you, if you, if you're listening to this right now, just on audio, you got to go to the website and, and watch the video. It's pretty cool. 
So thanks again for sharing your story. It's great. Thank you for having me, Scott. Thanks for listening to this episode. My goal for each show is to introduce you to people and stories that you just won't find on other podcasts. If you want to help support the show, you just need to subscribe, and that way you'll never miss an episode. You can click on any of the subscribe buttons on the website, which is whatwasthatlike.com. You'll see all the links right there at the top where you can subscribe directly to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or on whatever app you use to catch your podcasts. And you'll see there are also links to Twitter and Instagram, so you can follow us there, and I hope you do. And if you really want to connect with me and get in on the discussion with other listeners to this show, you can join our private Facebook group. You can find that at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash Facebook. And of course, you can always email me directly at scott at whatwasthatlike.com or just go to the website and click on contact. I'd love to hear what you think of this episode or a previous episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next show where we'll once again ask the question, what was that like?